At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. The numbers told the story they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSEN. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Good Monday morning to you. It is a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network, Visa.com, the Visa app, Fubo, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV. All proudly brought to you by BetMGM Nevada. It's Gil Alexander, Jeff Parlay in the house. How you doing, Jeffrey? Good morning, Gil. Good morning, sir. Good morning. They, uh, I think Vanderbilt just scored again. <laughs> uh, the best was when uh, when Hawaii was up seven to nothing, and Wishnev says to me, "Swear to God, he checks the score. He says to me, goes, oh, Gil, all those people on Vandy, they're so wrong already.' <laughs> Why like, didn't you text me that? I would have bet the other way. <laughs> That's right. They're so wrong already. Like the hour and a half later, he's like, okay, maybe not. Um, we will talk college football. Speaking of that, with Pete Futak from College Football News, his uh. His big takeaways from week zero, his look aheads to a bunch of really good games, at least on paper. In week number one of college football, we're finally here for reals. Uh, Paul Sporer on Major League Baseball today. We'll talk to him about the card today. Can Tony Gonsolin afford even one more loss? Are the Padres up against it? We'll talk to him about all kinds of things in baseball. And then a, a couple other things going on today, which uh, I'm super excited about. One of which, Rob Pozzola will join us. Uh, in studio. I hope you remember South Point and not Circa. Rob Bazzola will join us um, to discuss before he heads on, a, but before he gets on a plane and goes to uh, Canada from the Circles Off podcast, uh, things that uh, he's betting on in sports betting these days, a little NFL emphasis there, as well as things that bother him in sports betting. Want to get into that with Bazzola. Uh Looking forward to that. And then uh, Sean Patrick Griffin, my buddy, who uh, wrote the the Bible, if you will, on the Tim Donahue betting scandal. The Tim Donahue NBA referee scandal. The reason this is coming up is because Untold, remember the Manti Teo story uh, that was just out, Untold on Netflix. Well, now we have an Untold Operation Flagrant Foul, which premieres tomorrow night. Sean Patrick Griffin, the author of Gaming the Game back in 2011, will join us to discuss all kinds of, first of all, the details of that scandal, just as a refresh, but really get into the nature of what he expects from this, why the media keeps getting it wrong. It's a pretty interesting discussion about um, due diligence or the lack thereof in, uh, in the media these days. And Sean Patrick Griffin will join us to discuss that. First, though, I don't know, uh, this is uh, sort of how we should start every day here for the next two weeks. The United States Open Tennis Tournament begins in less than an hour. Uh, tennis's fourth and final slam. Just want to give you again a rehash on the futures plays and on the picks of the day. Uh, six in a row here as we enter the United States Open. We don't know if that uh, streak will continue, but we certainly want every day to be a winning day if we can. So, again, the future's first. 
only one on the men's side. It's not a real fabulous draw again. This was a pre-draw bet. But we got Nick Kyrgios at, as as high as 30 to 1. Um, but he's in that quarter with Daniil Medvedev, so we'll see how that goes. Um, and then on the ladies' side, uh, I usually only do one. You know if, you're a, if you follow this show for many years, I am not the one who has multiple... Um, multiple futures on any given tournament. But on this one, the way that it worked out chronologically, I do. Uh, got the Igus Fiatek 7-1, but way back the night that Ash Barty retired earlier this year. So that number not available. And then at different times here over the course of the last two weeks, grabbed Beatrice Haddad Maya at 50-1, to Shinwen Zhang at 55-1, to and then post-draw, grabbed not only Ludmila Samsonova, the Russian, at 8-1 to to win her quarter, but also saw a straight 80-1 to 1 over at William Hill and grabbed it to win it all. She is in the, uh, the easiest of the quarters, the one with Serena. <laughs> Wonder how that happened. By the way, Serena should probably win her first match tonight. And if somehow she figures out a way to get by Annette Contivate in the second round, which, by the way, Contivate not playing her best, we could have at least a week of Serena. By the way, Rafa Nadal, also with the easiest draw on the men's side. Huh. Wonder how that happened, as if they know this could be his last U.S. Open. But those are the futures plays. A whole bunch of them as far as uh, tournaments, the way we do things around here. So we're looking forward to all of those. And today, a four-pack of plays, one of which the price is nowhere near where I got it, one of which you can actually get a better price than where I got, and the other two right around where they were. Only one on the ladies' side. Really, 32 matches today. And I only liked one of them, and this has gone against me. Uh, Dalma Golfi, G-A-L-F-I, Took her at the uh, in the plus one forties range, plus one forty two, over Nuria Parisas Diaz. Golfie's down to plus one fifty eight. You can get her at a better number than I got her. So that one went against me. Then three on the men's side. All of these are dogs. Four dogs, as is what we usually do around here. Tim Van Reithoven, the sensation on grass, who actually won a grass tournament out of nowhere, having played like nine matches total before he even won that tournament. He's plus one sixty one. Over Jin Zhen Zhang. That's correct. I believe that's how you pronounce it. Uh, Van Reithoven is right around that price, give or take a few uh, cents. I got Van Reithoven at plus 161. I think his serve gets the job done today. Francisco Serundolo, who we've been on many times on this show before he's taken on the veteran Andy Murray, plus 119. That should be give or take a few cents. I'm on Serundolo there to win it again. All these based on tennis data, serve, return serve, break points, that kind of thing. And this is the one where it's nowhere near the price where I got it, so I really can't recommend you playing it right now. But I, I thought this should be a coin flip, and I got Yoshihito Nishioka at plus 140 over the weekend. Remember, this draw has been out now for, and these matches have been set up for the entire weekend. Over uh, Alejandro Davidovich Fokina, Nishioka is now plus 105-ish, like a full 35 cents worse than where I got it. So that's the one where you really... It's still plus money. It's still better than the coin flip I have it at. So you're welcome to play it, but I'm just not going to sit here and recommend it if I got 35 cents better. But those are the four plays that I made anyway, one on the women's side, three on the ladies' side. And oh, one more thing, one last thing about this before we get to college football, Jeff. I'm actually in a survivor, a U.S. Open survivor, courtesy of uh, Drew Dinsick. We've got to pick two here during the first round. I actually picked two today and two uh, and two, two today on both a men's and women's side. So I didn't even bother with tomorrow. It's two per round. I went with Bublik and Yibing Wu on the men's side. Alexander Bublik, Sasha Bublik and Yibing Wu on the men's side. Elizabeth Mandlick and Lila Fernandez on the women, for those who are in Survivor. But those are the four picks. Golfie, Van Reithoven, Sarundalo, Nishioka, all at plus money. College football week zero.
Jeffrey, I think we need to start with Scott Frost. Nebraska goes up on Northwestern 28-17, to 17, over nine minutes left in the third quarter. It's probably the, of all the moments this weekend of college football, the one that stands out the most, I think it most would agree. And then an onside kick out of nowhere. As I tweeted, whenever you get the chance to go from up 11 to up 11 with over nine minutes left in the third quarter, you got to take, take the chance to go up 11. The onside kick fails miserably. You know the rest. Northwestern comes back, wins it outright, 31-28. to 28. I actually, first of all, the post-game press conference on this says everything about Scott Frost. They asked him about it, which was the correct question to ask him right off the top. Nebraska, 12.5-point favorites, by the way, pre-flop in this game. And his response was, well, whenever something doesn't work out, you always want to have it back. And right there is everything that ails Nebraska and Scott Frost. He He is commenting on the result is not aware that it's the process that is the problem. It's not about whether it worked or not, dude. Why'd you do it in the first place? And Jeffrey, I looked into Scott Frost's contract because everybody was saying they shouldn't let him on the plane back to the United States. I checked into his contract. His buyout is $15 million if they were to fire him on the spot. But as far as my research could tell, if they do it after October 1st, it goes down to seven and a half million. That is correct. And so that is why Scott Frost will be your coach through the month of September, <laughs> at the very least. Uh, what, what was your re- for, and none of this is armchair quarterbacking. I think everybody. This was not a unique thought. Everybody in the moment was like, "What are you doing?" You had the same thought, I would imagine. Well, I mean, it was, we Dave Ross and I had just started on the air. Yeah, we got that gift forty seconds into our show. And uh, yeah, we we said it immediately. They like, "What are you doing?" It, even though I'm not, even though I'm not sure if momentum truly exists or not, Nebraska was dominating the game at that point. The only way Northwestern gets back in is if you give up a short field touchdown or you have a turnover that sets up a touchdown. <laughs> say, and that's exactly what happened. Say a short field touchdown. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I just I, it's my a, a, a bad coach who got overvalued because of one. One-off great season at UCF. Yep, not even yeah, at Nebraska. It. Not even Nebraska. Five and twenty-one now. Is it in one-score games? They've lost. They've lost eight straight one-score games. I mean, it's not, it's not a, possible. It, you know, if only we have talked about Scott Frost over the years. If only this was the first time we had mentioned we had mentioned him doing this. Um, by the way, the second half over in that game was a uh, easy peasy, beautiful cover girl, easy breezy, beautiful cover girl kind of cover right there. No problem whatsoever. I did lose on, just thinking about some of the random bets made, while that one worked out brilliantly, I lost on an in-game over on UConn and Utah State where they just stopped scoring. What was your other big takeaway from the weekend? I mean, you don't want to, do you want to take too much away from well, week zero? But I, I actually, if UConn's quarterback, if, if Roberson didn't get hurt, I actually think UConn would have won the game. Yeah. Because they had the backup quarterback the whole time. He was overmatched. I know our buddy had Golden at, at uh, right angle. They had UConn. Lot yeah, of, I, I, don't think, I don't UConn. think Utah State was impressive at all. They were fortunate to win the game. And then the rest of it, I mean, everyone who said the bottom of the Mountain West is going to be terrible. <sighs> other than UNLV destroying Idaho State, which. By the way, how about them almost blowing a cover in that? Yeah, that was. Like, there was, there was a moment where you're like, could they not? Oh, this would be amazing. Yeah, it would have been covered. a bad one, but. 
Okay, that's by the way, that's a great college football note also. When a team just rolls some other team in the first half, the the foot comes off the pedal almost every time. It well, seems especially like. when it's an FCS versus an FC, yeah. FBS. Yeah. But the, the bottom of the Mountain West, Wyoming could not move the football against Illinois, period. Hawaii, oh. after the opening drive touchdown, got outscored 63-3. to <laughs> And Nevada needed New Mexico State to turn it over five times to cover that game. This was our biggest theme. If we had one theme of the offseason of college football, it was like, wow, people. Bud Elliott was the biggest voice on that. The bottom of the Mountain West is going to be horrific. How horrific might Hawaii be, specifically? I think Wyoming might be worse. Hmm. Pete Futak will chime in on all this and the big games coming up this weekend in college football. It is a numbers game at VEASAN, the sports betting network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. It's time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM with all your favorite wagering options, along with in game betting, boosted odds, specials, and much, much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state issued ID to open an account. Start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM state of the art technology and fan friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. And as always, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. It's Gil Alexander. Jeff Parlay is here as well. Oh, a little Jeff Parlay news later on the show. Jeff, is that true? Is that breaking news? A little Jeff Parlay news later? I don't know if it's breaking, but it is news. A little Jeff Parlay news coming up. Looking forward to that as well. Pizzola, Parlay, Sean Patrick Griffin, Spore. And this gentleman right here, ladies and gentlemen, the czar of collegefootballnews.com, it's Pete Futek. How you doing, Peter? I'm surviving and advancing. I'm doing right after uh, being in Vegas last weekend, but uh, I'm doing all right. How about you? I'm sorry I missed you, man. Apologies. I know. I know. It's all right. Well, next time we'll hook up. I want to I wanna talk about the, the great games, that at least on paper, that are coming up this weekend in college football. But just real quick, as we, we talked a little uh, last segment, just a few minutes on Scott Frost on Hawaii on the bottom of the Mountain West. What was your what was your biggest takeaway? Was it one of those things or something else? Oh, it was just that. Yes, Nebraska losing. I mean, they just can't catch a break. Uh, I, I everyone's talking about the the onside kick, but really it was that Northwestern steamrolled over them, and that was kind of the analysis we talked last week that. 
you know, we got this this right, at least against the spread, uh, that Northwestern could hold up. And sure enough, you know, they fixed the glitches a little bit, give Northwestern a lot of credit. That offensive line did a great job. And now, you know, look, Nebraska can still have a winning season, but that was just a crushing loss to them to start the season. Yeah, no, you're 100% right. We It, it is fun. To, it, I don't know if fun is the right word, but it is, uh, you know, everybody like myself is going to seize on the offensive line, but it really, on the uh, onside kick, but it really was the Northwestern offensive line so uh so dominant that was perhaps what some weren't expecting what about this week so many good games let's just talk let's just start with oregon and georgia the bulldogs uh begin their national title defense uh against a uh a team in the pac-12 that perennially has hopes of of stardom i don't know if i ever buy it any of those years by the way so i was in an uber yesterday and there was an oklahoma guy's like oh this is the year i was like oh this again every year he might be right i don't know uh but georgia oregon where do you stand on that yeah you know it's it's still i know we just had week zero but now it's it's the same sort of thing we still don't know it's still we're still i don't want to say guessing but it's we don't have a preseason to go off of you have new teams new coaches new players and especially with Georgia with a complete overhaul of the timing be down Oregon, new head coach. I, I keep saying this, that 17 and a half of Georgia and Oregon. Okay. If Georgia comes out and wipes them up 30 to three. You know, we're not going to be shocked. I mean, it's Georgia and the defending national champion, all the talent in the world, but Oregon's lines are good enough. They're a physical team. This is not the tippy tappy spread offense thing that they you know did in the past. This offensive line is nasty. The defensive front is fantastic. And the linebacking court, when it's healthy right now, might be the best in the country. So I keep saying, I, I'm not, I always, I wasn't able to go out right fully on with Northwestern Nebraska, but 17 and a half is a lot to give away to an Oregon team that is college football playoff worthy. I love Oregon in this. You're taking the 17 and a half. Yes, and I'm going to hint oh. that they could pull this oh. off. I'm going to hint that they could pull this off. Uh, they are that good. I am all, all in buyer that Oregon's one of the top uh, 10 teams in the country. And, you know, Georgia's got the talent, but they are starting over. And remember last year, it, I, this is a lot like the uh, Clemson opener. Uh, against uh, uh, Georgia when, you know, there, but for one, you know, there was the, the Clemson defense held Georgia to three points. DJ Williams will lay through the pick six. And that was the difference. I don't think this is necessarily going to be that, but Oregon can absolutely play. All right. He's taking the points. Money line still OTB, but uh, he's sprinkling a little bit on that. All right. Since that's a 17 and a half point spread, of course, Cincinnati and Arkansas, uh, at least in the market, much more competitive Cincinnati coming off the, uh, the dream group of five season, if you will, Arkansas, I can't remember where you stood on them when we did the SEC this uh, summer. Were you were you high on Arkansas in terms of a season win total? Very much so. Yeah. Uh, and uh, again, you know, this is going to be a broken record, but same thing like Northwestern, same thing with Oregon. When we're trying to figure out week one, again, when we, we don't know anything really, we're still kind of guessing. Do you have the veterans on the lines? Can you hold up? Arkansas's offensive line is fantastic. The defensive front's going to be good enough. They've got a good linebacking course. Cincinnati is talented. This is not a complete reboot here, uh, but they did lose their star power from last year. Very good Cincinnati team. It's not the team of last season. I like Arkansas in the six and a half, not as much as like Oregon, but pretty much. I like Oregon. I'm sorry, Arkansas on this. Okay. This is one that might not like leap off the page for the casual fan as like a marquee game this week, but with Houston and UTSA, I just want to highlight this one because we had a lot of folks, including yourself, I believe, who came out and was like, okay, well this Houston could be 
the Cincinnati in terms of group of five teams of last year of, of this year, rather. So they could be that they could be that. And then we had Dr. Bob come on last week and he went under on Houston with season win totals. And the Roadrunners are always pesky. Houston favored by four on the road. You, I would assume, on brand like Houston here? By a mile. I mean, UTSA is good. I mean, this, they don't have Sincere McCormick from last year. It is the defending Conference USA champion that was good all season long. Uh, but, yeah, if I'm going to buy into Houston being the top group of five uh, program this year, uh, you got to go all in on that. And not crazy on the, the win total because it's asking a lot for anybody to win more than 10 games. But uh, in this, by only four, I love Houston on this with relative ease. Notre Dame, Ohio State. This is probably the marquee matchup of the weekend. Um, it's up there. Ohio State. Yeah, it's up there. Ohio State, short shot to win the national title. Notre Dame, of course brand of biblical proportions. What do you, what do you got here? Poor old Notre Dame. You know, why, why did they get off the bus? There's no point. Ohio state's too good. They've got too much offense. Uh, I love Notre Dame in this. Uh, with the, I, Ohio state's going to win. The Ohio state's just better. Their defense is going to prove improve. They're going to get out to a hot start and race out to this thing again with the lines. With, they, excuse me. Uh, the Notre Dame offensive front is vastly improved from last year. They've get, they don't have the star power talent on a, a marquee scale like Ohio State does. Their defensive front is strong. Their secondary might be among the best in the country. I don't think they win this. I don't think they have enough to pull it off, but I don't think they get boat raced like everyone's thinking they will. I, I like Notre Dame to show up in this and make this a fight. 17 and a half points spread in that one as well. Is there another? A lot. Yeah, it's a lot, but it is. It is Ohio State. I mean, we that's one of those, again, with college football where we say it's a lot, and then like two minutes into the game, we're like, oh, that's not a lot at all. Oh, yeah. If we're talking you know? next week and Ohio State comes <laughs> yeah. out with a 30 to nothing you know, lead in the first quarter, we're not going to be shocked here. But again, no. week one, what do we know? Do they have Notre Dame's a top 10 team. Notre Dame's a college football playoff caliber team. Again, kind of like Oregon, Georgia, 17 and a half is just way too much to be doing. Again, based, we, don't, we haven't seen them yet. I'm going with the teams that are good enough to be top 10 teams to hang around. Just so great to have college football back and just to spend a Saturday live betting all these. It's, it's just Nirvana. What game or games have we not mentioned here that you're most looking forward to this weekend? Florida, Utah. That's not that I am a believer in Florida. I believe that last year was a glitch. They had to completely reboot what they did. Uh, Billy Napier is a strong head coach with a strong running game. Problem is, Utah is not the team you want to try to figure out the running game against. The, the stats on Utah against te- on the road against teams that finished with a winning record, at least against the spread, are awful. As good as Utah is, it's a team that's built to travel. It's got the, everything. It's got the lines I keep raving about. It's got the veterans. It's got the team that's good enough to win the Pac-12 title. I think they go into Florida and lose outright. It's a, it's a road game to an SEC team with all the ta- with actual more NFL talent than Utah's got. I like the Gators in this. Pedro, we thank you as always, man. Great to see you. Great to have college football back. Let's go. Here we go. Here's a big week one. Pete Futek, everybody. At Pete Futek, F-I-U-T-A-K on the Twitter machine, collegefootballnews.com. Uh, treasure trove of college football information on a week-to-week basis. Uh, congratulations, by the way, to Rory McIlroy, third FedEx title, uh, rallies to win the Tour Championship, and does so in just just a dramatic fashion. Six shots behind before the uh, the Tour Championship even started. Remember with that staggered sort of leaderboard where Scheffler was on top at ten, at 10 under, and Rory McIlroy started at 4 under. 
Then he was 10 shots back quickly after two, hole, two holes. He rallies from a six-shot deficit in the final round against Scheffler, the number one player in the world. Um, four under 66. First ever three-time winner of the FedEx Cup. $18 million, Jeffrey. $18 million. You could use $18 million? By the way, $26 million on the year for Rory. Pretty, pretty good. Not bad. The other thing happening in golf, though, is, is more and more going to, to LIV, to live. What are we calling it, by the way? Live or LIV? Are they ever going to change that name? To live. Live? Really? Is that what we're going to? Don't we have that for the Las Vegas Invitation? Oh, that's LVI for our tennis tournament here. Um, Cameron Smith, worst kept secret ever, headed over. Were you shocked about Joaquin Neiman, though? 23-year-old player with his entire future in front of him. Harold Varner among those headed over. Is this RIP PGA Tour as we know it? No. Like, by the way, the fact that they can still play in majors now, all these guys, I think they need that. They should not start the movement of they shouldn't be able to play in majors because then we'll have, then the whole thing will be a bastardization of everything. It's not code red for the PGA Tour. Will you give me that? See how it goes in a year. Very committal, this Jeff Parlay. Something must be happening with him. We'll find out later. Sean Patrick Griffin, Tim Donahue. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. It's football season, and betters know that this is when the money is made. Nobody knows football like VSIN, and now's the time to become a VSIN subscriber and get our comprehensive college and pro football betting guides. Only VSIN subscribers get all the tools to prep. For the college and pro football seasons, though, our experts provide profiles of every team with advanced stats and power ratings, plus best bets on season win totals, division finishes, and player awards. Sign up early and for a discounted $175. You'll receive both guides and full VEASAN access all the way through the Super Bowl, or join us for $40 a month and see everything VEASAN has to up your betting game. Go to VEASAN.com slash subscribe for all your options and become part of the Sports Betting Network. Skill Alexander, Jeff Parlay is here as well. Um, again, uh, a whole bunch of people on uh, on Twitter asking for the tennis picks. Jeffrey, the uh, the 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 policy is I, I'm pushing you towards the newsletter here, boys and girls. If you're not listening to this show, we push you towards the newsletter. But here are the picks again: Golfy on the women's side. Golfy plus one forty two over Nuria Parisis Diaz. That's Dalma Golfy. You can get a much better number than I got on that. Uh, then Tim Van Reithoven plus one sixty one. Over Xinjin Zhang, I have a uh, it's right around that price. Francisco Serundolo, plus 119 over Andy Murray. It's right around that price. And this one is the one that uh, you can't find anything near this. Yoshihito Nishioka. I made this one on Saturday, plus 140 over Alejandro Davidovich Fokina. Those are the four that I bet, one of which is better than the price, one of which is worse. The two others, right, pretty much dead smack right around where they were. So those are the one on the women's side, three on the men's side. By the way, these begin in less than a half hour. At least three of the four begin in less than a half hour. VEASAN.com slash newsletter for all that. Um, Jeffrey, what is your uh, what is your recollection at your uh, at your tender age of uh, 16 of the Tim Donahue betting scandal? What was, what was your recollection of that? <laughs> a little older than that. Oh, okay. Uh, 21. You know, I don't... I. I remember it. I don't. I don't think I remember it in in just how big of a deal it was. I didn't grasp that, um, even though the really the news coverage of it was how big of a scandal it really was. Well, so here's the here's the thing about this, right? The thing about it is, there is the scandal, and then there's the 
reaction to the scandal. And the reason this comes up is because, uh, again, we were talking last week about the Untold series on Netflix and the Manti Teo story, which was just so well done. Well, the latest episode is tomorrow night. It premieres tomorrow night. It's called Untold Operation Flagrant Foul. It's on Netflix. It is about the Tim Donahue sports betting scandal. Uh, Tim Donahue, the disgraced NBA referee at the heart of that betting scandal. And uh, this gentleman wrote the book, wrote the Bible, if you will, on this story back in 2011. Can you believe it? 11 years ago, we did a podcast in the betting dork days. I did with him. Uh, we've kept in touch ever since. The name of the book was Gaming the Game, the story behind the NBA betting scandal and the gambler who made it happen. Uh, at the time, this gentleman, uh, when I first met him, was a uh, associate professor of criminal justi- justice over at Penn State Abington with a Ph.D. with a research area in organized crime. He was a former Philadelphia police officer. He was a Philadelphia police officer before that. Uh, now he's a professor of criminal justice at the Citadel, been writing books but again this is about gaming the game and now they're still talking about it it's sean patrick griffin how you doing sean good morning Gil. uh let me just let me just start with this it, you know it, it happened I, I said at the top there's the scandal and then everything media wise that happened since it happened in 2007 the scandal itself your book came out in 2011 we're still talking about it, it it's an amazing thing can you Give us just the sort of the 90-second cliff notes of, of the scandal itself for those who are unfamiliar with the details of Tim Donahue. Sure. Well, Donahue admitted to betting on games he officiated during the 03, 04, 04, 05, 05, 06, and 07 seasons. He admits to all that. The issue became whether he fixed games or not. And obviously, you and I spent that very long and compelling hour, almost 10 years ago now, walking people through why the FBI, mostly through no fault of their own, could not have determined whether Donahue was fixing games or not, and why they actually really didn't care, because it really wasn't what they were doing. Um, But anyway, the public, of course, took that to mean, oh, well, then Tim Donaghy must not have fixed games, and there's no way you could possibly assess that. Well, I got involved in this case back uh, in late 07, 2008, because someone who knew one of the pro gamblers, everyone knows professional gambler Jimmy Batista. He's one of the three co-conspirators. The scandal is the referee Donaghy, Donaghy's best friend Tommy Martino, and Martino's longtime childhood pal Jimmy Batista. They all knew each other from high school. and Well, actually... They knew each other before high school, but all three were in high school together. Anyway, I got involved because I thought that there might be an organized crime crime angle, and I wanted to see what about that world was true and what was not. Because in academia, generally speaking, if we're doing organized crime stuff, it's typical long, you know, loan sharks and local betters. It's not the big-time offshore multimillion-dollar professional gamblers. So I just wanted access to that world. And then when I met with Batista the first time, I knew immediately, oh, my goodness, what the public has been said uh, in the press was crazy wrong. And then, of course, I interviewed all the FBI people, the U.S. attorneys officials. I interviewed the other professional gamblers who the public, by the way, to this day, pretty much, unless you read Gaming the Game, most people don't realize there was a whole cabal of people betting on these games starting in 2003. Um, And once I got access to all that, I thought, oh, my goodness, people don't know what they don't know, and they don't know why they don't know it. And so here we are all these years later. And, you know, this is very self-serving because I say, well, unless you've read Game in the Game or listened to somebody like you who knows the nuances of the case, generally speaking, you've been getting 
Tim Donaghy's version of events in various forms. He's changed his story slightly over the years. Um, that's all you get because his story is so sensational and so gripping that people run with it. And I, I, I personally find the basic story that an NBA official was fixing games for four NBA seasons and didn't get detected by the NBA or by the FBI. I think that's impressive. That should be funny and fascinating enough. But for some people, that's not good enough. Yeah, and, and hopefully we can do a podcast, you, me, and Jimmy Bautista, one of the three co-conspirators, this Wednesday. Is that a possibility we can do that? I would love that. Okay, we'll, we'll get a deeper dive into this. But, but as far as what you were just saying, before we get because I want to explore the media part of this, because this is, this is what gets your goat, if you will, to use that old expression. Yes, but, but a couple that little, is true. But yeah, a couple little details that I just want to like clarify, which I always found fascinating about this story before we get to the media side of this, which is, one— uh, Donahue didn't know, like he knew he was making bets with his buddy, but he didn't realize that it was this multi-million dollar massive betting operation that it became until when? Until Gaming the Game was published in March of 2011. Years later. Oh, sure. He had no idea during the scandal. He got a hint of it when Batista got direct access to him in December of 06. But Batista, of course, was not sharing with him how many millions of dollars they were betting every game. So he didn't know the ins and outs until my book came out. And the other detail, which always amuses me, is people think, oh, he's fixing games. He's probably calling all these terrible fouls that didn't happen. No, he would do. He did it the other way. He actually called the game by the book. Like he would call palming, right? Like he would do that kind of stuff. So he would sort of go. Yeah, but also, un- he was famous for illegal defense. Illegal defense. That was his other big thing. <laughs> this, that yeah. detail always amuses me because I'm like, no, he actually called the game the way it's supposed to be called. All right, so let's get to so. so well, this, Gil, wait, yeah. I want, let me let me let me just say something real fast about please, that. Please, please. That's part. That's partly why I spend so much time in the book on the FBI's investigation. Don't forget, they were very nice to me. They explained to me the flaws in their investigation and all the reasons why they weren't going to expend all these resources trying to figure out. Because think about it, Donaghy, when he pleaded with them, right? He goes to them and says, "Hey, I, I was terrible. I was a terrible father. I was a terrible husband. I, I'm throwing myself on the sword of justice here." And they, they interview him, and his argument is that he doesn't know what games he bets. Well, stop right there. If you're the FBI, what can you research? Their main cooperator is telling them that he doesn't know what games he bet. Well, then you also don't know what the betting propositions were on those games, and you don't know which side he was picking. Mm-hmm. So where, how are you starting from there? And beyond that, they had a handful of FBI agents looking, looking at game tape. Well, think about that for a second. And this is no offense to the FBI guys, but how would they know what to look for? So they're looking at random Donaghy games, and to the point that you just raised, they're looking for malicious, ridiculous calls. Well, if that's not how the scheme was operated, they're not going to catch that anyway. And importantly, because they, were, they had Donaghy, but they didn't have Batista, they didn't have Batista's betting records, which I, of course, did, and they didn't even do the basics. And this is one of the things they admitted to was a big flaw in their investigation. They didn't research the betting line. Uh. Okay, fine. You, you would need a search warrant, of <laughs> course, to get access to any of Batista stuff. But those betting lines, as your listeners well know, are yeah. perfectly publicly available. And my argument all along was if they had gotten the betting lines first and then Donnie comes in with his BS – 
Well, you can blow that up because you can say, no, the data doesn't support that. And I think that would have changed the trajectory of the investigation. Of course it would have. The very basics. Just look at the betting line movement. Uh, we, we started late on this episode. So we're running into a wall. Yeah. Let's, let's do one more because I want to talk about the really the part that gets Sean Patrick Griffin's goat, which is why does the media keep getting this wrong? And why does he keep doing interviews? Next. Take the VEASAN experts with you anytime, anywhere with our full lineup of sports betting podcasts. Visit VEASAN.com slash podcasts to listen to every show on Daily Best Bets with Follow the Money, The Lombardi Line, A Numbers Game, and My Guys in the Desert. Plus, get insights and analysis directly from our experts, including pods from Gil Alexander, Jonathan Von Tobel, Greg Hoops-Peterson, Josh Applebaum, and Jason Weingarten. Visit VEASAN.com slash podcasts to start listening for free today. Before you place your next bet, visit vcin.com for all the latest data and powerful betting tools. Start with our live odds, team comparisons, and previews for every game on the schedule. Then dive deeper with live tracking of betting trends and line movements. And don't miss our unique tools, including odds comparisons from sportsbooks across the country, prop bet search engine, and custom parlay calculator. Everything you need to increase your betting knowledge and confidence is at your fingertips. Visit vcin.com today. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. Enjoy tennis like never before with BetMGM. Download the BetMGM app and place a risk free first bet up to $1,000 on the tennis tournament in New York City. Just use bonus code VSIN1000 when you make your first bet. Sign up now and discover BetMGM's daily promotions and boosted odd specials make every serve, volley, and match point mean more than ever. And find out why nothing beats hitting the court with the king of sportsbooks. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or side credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi, Nevada, New York, or Pennsylvania. It's Gil Alexander. Uh, kind enough to join us for uh, one more segment here. The author of Gaming the Game. The, uh, the story... Behind the, uh, let me get, I always, I always get the uh, title because it's a subtitle to the title. Gaming the Game, the story behind the NBA betting scandal and the gambler who made it happen from Sean Patrick Griffin, book that was written 11 years ago. But here we are once again. Uh, Tim Donahue has flooded the media, flooded the media zone. And we have a uh, untold tomorrow night, Operation Flagrant Foul on Netflix. Uh, is directed by David Terry Fine. I believe Tim Donahue is in it as well. Sean Patrick Griffin with us. Uh, you can follow him, by the way, Sean Patrick Griffin at SPG Author on Twitter. And, Sean, um, your expectation level for this tomorrow night would be more of the same? 
Well, yeah, um, and in fact, less so. You know, you made a good point in an earlier in an earlier segment where you said that the Untold series is actually very well produced. It yes. looks sharp. It's polished. And that's actually a negative, in my opinion, because if they get this story wrong again, like everyone else has been getting it wrong, the masses that are going to see this, it's going to be visually compelling. And so you can imagine people who don't follow this as closely as you or I or many in your audience, a normal person through no fault of their own is going to think, okay, well, that's what happened. And um, I just, because of my dealings with the production team, I just have very low expectations about this. All right, so, so let me just get to that. So, so then why, in your opinion, you know, does the media keep getting this story wrong? And specifically, because you've debunked the claims. I mean, there's evidence, right? Why, why do you think some people rely on him to get most of their information on this? Like, why is this, why is this such a drop-the-ball situation? It's a few things. I actually lecture an entire hour on this, so I'll, I'll try and be brief. Part of it is just incompetence. You know, that's a nice, easy explanation because people, especially in the sports media, who are not used to dealing with hustlers, you know, I, I research organized crime for a living. So the idea that people lie, connive, grift, you know, that's not noteworthy to me. And yet, plenty of the people that I've dealt with, don't forget, Game in the Game comes out in 2011. Donahue published a book in 2009, so I wound up going on some of the same TV and radio shows two years after him. And people would say to me with a straight face, are you telling me that Tim Donahue lied to me and my audience? Yeah, that's what I'm telling you. He's a hustler. This, this isn't, that's what people do. I mean, my gosh, the guy just got out of prison for, sell, you know, for felony fraud, and you're shocked that he's telling tales? Uh, so I don't find that remarkable. For some reason, people are not used to that or they're not ready for it. And the other thing is, because it's the sports media, like one of the things I'm going to be looking for tomorrow in the Untold episode is whether they talk about a professional gambler named Pete Ruggieri. He's a public figure. He, he told the public that he cooperated with the government. And he matters because... Batista goes into drug rehab, March 18, 2007. Well, the scandal continues, but just now with this other professional gambler, Pete Ruggieri. You don't need Sean Patrick Griffin, and you don't need access to gaming the game to know what I just told you. It's all in the public record. And Gil, for reasons I will never understand, people won't do the basics. Yeah. They find Donaghy's story so fascinating, and they love the conspiracy stuff that they don't go to the, the public record. And the reason I get so hyped about that in particular, when Donaghy wants to keep saying that the mob visited him in December of 06, when, by the way, the mob for your audience meant his best friend, Jimmy, uh, Tommy Martino, and Martino's good friend, Jimmy <laughs> Batista. That was the mob that visited him. <laughs> yeah. and, 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 and the reason that matters is because he says, oh, well, thank goodness, he was relieved from the grip of organized crime when Batista goes into drug rehab in March. Well, there's a problem with that. Donkey's plea deal goes through April, and so does Martino's. And the proffers for the pro gamblers go through April. But you know what? Jimmy Batista's goes through March because his ended when he went in a drug rehab. The point being, the scandal did not end, as Donaghy always says, when Batista goes into drug rehab. He was not dying to stop betting. The scandal continued, and then when Ruggieri shuts the scheme down, not the NBA, not the FBI, and certainly not Donaghy, when the pro gambler Pete Ruggieri shuts the scheme down because betting lines are moving too much, everyone knows the games are fixed and they're copying the bets, Donaghy pleads with Martino for one more game. That's all public record. 
and yet people want to keep going with this mob tale, and I'm dying to see that part on the thing tomorrow, yeah. too, see if they get that wrong again. Well, you hit by on... By the way... Yeah. What, Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Well, I was just going to say, anyone who's read Game in the Game knows, if you're dealing with professional gamblers who are moving this kind of money, millions of dollars every day, of course they know people one, two, three degrees removed from organized crime. I write about that extensively in the game, Game in the Game. That's not what they're talking about, though. They're always talking about this as a mob extortion scheme, and that simply didn't happen. So you hit on something a couple minutes ago, which I just want to seize on. I don't want to let that gloss over, which is, you know, whether it's a documentary, whether it's a news report, this is such a reflection. This is not just about the Tim Donahue betting scandal. This is about, like, the media in general and people, you know, if they don't know already, you know, they should know this. A lot of people just want to hit their deadlines, right? You alluded to this. A lot of people just want to hit their – so even if it's not incompetence, it's just this desire, this human desire for people who are employed to get the task done and move on to their next one. And so things aren't done – things, Sean, aren't done lovingly, right? They're not done with due diligence. Look, I I have to be careful when I do these interviews because I don't want them to come off as self-serving. But – People have to trust me. I've been doing this since the mid-'90s, and I've been involved in dozens of documentaries, and I've been interviewed hundreds of times. I'm I'm a source for a lot of people on a lot of subjects, whether it's white-collar crime, organized crime, or policing. Even the times where my name is not mentioned, I'm helping people write their stories. I can't tell your, your audience how many times reporters have said to me, Sean, we don't have the time to do this right it's not our fault. We've got tight deadlines, or we're worrying about clicks or views or ratings. And one of the things I would say to people is, I hope people are aware of that. And look, with these documentary people, and I'm not saying this specifically about Netflix, it may be true, but I'm telling you, I've dealt with other people. They'll actually tell you, just so you know, we're not really that worried about the accurate history here. We have a goal, we've got a vision. We have, we have other things to worry about than, you know, you, you goofy academics are worrying about getting the story right in history. We have other things to worry about, you know. And, and I, my whole thing is I wish the public understood that. I hope they realize, oh, my gosh, yeah, this is just entertainment for entertainment's sake. But the problem is I read a lot of academic journals for my livelihood, and they're now citing documentaries and news stories that I know are flawed. And by the way, the people who wrote those stories or the documentaries know are frauds. That's the problem. People actually in the business know a lot of this is fake. We only have 90 seconds here. I've got to run. But I, I just want to throw some chum here in the water. So Scott Foster is a current National Basketball Association referee. For those of us who bet on basketball games, Jeff, how many times a postseason are we like, oh, Scott Foster's the referee? More, more, more times than we should. Yeah, this is this is going to get, you know, this is going to, uh, the series is going to get extended, right? There's these NBA conspiracy theorists. What was what was Scott Foster's interaction with Tim Donahue, and what was what was determined about it? Well, the, the reason his name comes up with Donaghy is because when some of the discovery materials took place in the court cases, it was disclosed that Donaghy had been texting or calling Foster numerous times, uh, routinely before and after the Donaghy's games. And so the question was always, what role, if any, did Foster have in this? Many people have taken that to think that Foster was fixing his games. I've, that was never my take. Uh, my argument was always, we'll never know if he wanted to hear what Donaghy was betting that night and he was copying the bets. See, to me, that would be bad enough. 
uh, or if Donaghy was greasing Scott Foster for information um, to help place his bets. See, the problem is here again, Gil, no one is asking these questions. No one. You know, everyone focuses on the bigger, you know, conspiracy stuff. Well, no, these are actually fundamental questions. And to answer the second part of your question, we don't know if the NBA ever explored that. And unfortunately, to my knowledge, nobody in the media has ever asked David Stern years ago or now Adam Silver those questions, which is, well, wait a second. We know about the, 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 the telephone logs, but what about these questions? We don't know if they were ever asked. Well, Sean, I really appreciate it. We'll all be tuning in to uh, Untold tomorrow night. About the uh, Tim Donahue betting scandal, we'll hope for the best, but will our expectations? Yes. Uh, make... I, look, I, listen, I'm an yeah. uh, Let's hope we're pleasantly surprised. Uh, yeah, untold Operation Flagrant Fallots tomorrow night, and uh, Sean Patrick Griffin, Jimmy Baba Batista, one of the three co-conspirators at the heart of all of this, the big time gambler at the heart of it. We will do the beating the book podcast uh, in reaction to that on Wednesday. Sean, always a pleasure, and thank you so much. All right, thanks, Gil. Gaming the game, by the way, still available where all books are sold, of course, at Amazon as well. Baseball with Paul Spore next on a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.